Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. All right. Welcome in to the show. Howdy. (laughs) I wish people could see the table that we're podcasting on right now. So we used to, a few people have asked me, we used to record on my phone for YouTube. Mm. It's just with different responsibilities, you and myself, like not being here, being able to just one person kind of just use their phone and do that. Uh, We've abandoned the YouTube posting of prodigal and the priest. Cause some people are like, Oh, you finished. Like you guys are no more. I was like, no, we're doing it. And they're like, Oh, I used to watch you on YouTube. I was like, Whoa, crazy. And so people don't get a little peek into our life of like, I I don't even know what's going on. First off, you have 3,500 milliliters of water in one of those enormous like things of drinking water. Is this like a new goal? for october like you're taking your water game seriously not just october this is a life goal (laughs) i feel incredible already i'm drinking so much more water now yeah you well it says that at 2 p.m you should be hitting 2000 milliliters and you're only at uh uh what a thousand so far so who says this is my first one today oh i do (laughs) if you drink more than that I think, isn't there a thing? I've heard it before. You could drink too much, uh, right? Yeah. I I recently came across that name somehow. What do you um, mean, that name? Yeah, there's a name for it. Oh, like, I was like, <laughs> the name of a person who did it? or So, like, if you drank so much, what is it? How does that shut your body down? I think it, like, explodes your cells. <laughs> like... Like something, something happens with the cell Can membrane. You drink too There's much <laughs> water. I'm gonna was, find this out. I was rereading this book. Great book. Nothing to do with religion. I don't know if I've recommended it before, but it's called Project Hail Mary. It's by the guy. Oh yeah, yeah. It's by the guy who wrote The Martian. Yeah, Andy. Weir. Nikki's reading it right now, or just finished it. Yeah, it's awesome. And the Audible is awesome. So I read the book <laughs> the last <fake> year. <laughs> no, I read the book last year, and. Uh, the narrator for the audiobook on Audible won a bunch of awards. So I was, I was told like, hey, if you're going to reread it, consider listening. And Because of the narration of it and the voice and everything? You're or, not an audiobook guy. I, I, don't Obviously. Know if, I don't know if I've ever listened to one. Oh. I've yeah, the friends. narrator makes or breaks the whole thing. Like, I always thought it was the author. Uh, the, no, the author doesn't always read it. Sometimes they do, but... So in this case... Like, uh, what's the author's name? I'm blanking on Andy it. Weir. Weir. Okay. I could see it on the book and I'm like, uh, so, um, like does Andy Weir narrate it? Or no, no, it's somebody else. I forget his name, but it is fantastic. The fantastic. narrator does a great job. Like, can you imagine if, okay, so I, I listened to the Odyssey one time by Homer, um, and Ian McKellen, Gandalf, narrated it. <laughs> like, I'll, pretty... I'll listen to anything that Gandalf has to say. Anything basically. that... <laughs> <laughs> There's 11 hours of Here's the glorious... answer from the Mayo Clinic. Ready? Drinking too much water is rarely a problem for healthy, well-nourished adults. Yet, 
Athletes especially occasionally may drink too much water in an attempt to prevent dehydration during long or intense exercise. Mm. When you drink too much water, your kidneys can't get rid of the excess water. The sodium content of your blood becomes diluted. This is called hypotremia and can be life-threatening. So, yeah, that's that's not what I was thinking. Go back to the... Maybe if you scroll down, the you'll person? find like the <laughs> the part where your cells explode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll look in that. Um, so, w- man, we got a lot to talk about today. We got, we're facing each other in fantasy football this weekend. Yes. But also, I just kind of found out I'm really excited about something that happened and really sad. Oh, that Cooper Cup is not playing this week and oh, he's on my team? He, well, That's a bye he, week? Yeah. For sure. two of my best players. Okay, sure. When we're facing each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go but ahead. But one of my best players, Christian yeah, McCaffrey, yeah, yeah, yeah. just got traded. But oh, he's not yeah. sure if he's they're not sure if he's gonna play. <laughs> so it went from like a projection of like, like whatever. This week? He got traded last night to the 49ers. Oh, <laughs> I heard trade rumors for him. Yeah, he got traded last night to the 49ers. <laughs> so they play the Chiefs. And it's like, they're like, maybe he'll have some goal line package. Maybe he will play. Also, Kyle Shanahan, the coach of the 49ers, lies like out his teeth. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, the, that's a known thing. Yeah, he just like, so he's like, don't know if he's going to play. And then it's like, oh, he has 900 snaps. So Okay, and I, I hate that I'm saying this on the record, but like if that happens, 100% the league would say you can sub in one of your running backs no. off the bench. Yeah, after the fact, because you didn't. You didn't have a trip. No, this isn't a, like that, a normal but, buy but that would or a be sickness. Like, but that would be like somebody who forgot. <laughs> Why can't they say that person gets subbed in? Uh, I guess you do have a little window right now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I take this back. I, mean, I was thinking <laughs> it was kind of like the COVID thing where right, you weren't I sure if that. a player would play or I'm not. I'm just like 49ers. You had to wait till Thursday night? <laughs> Seriously? What's going on here? Well, good for him for getting on a better team. Yeah, good for him. On a team that's going to use him a ton. Exactly. They run a ton. So there's that. Then there's the baseball playoffs. Obviously, house divided, annual thing. Yeah. My wife, Very Astros, exciting. me, Yankees, not going so well so far, <laughs> down 0-2. And At least so, you made but, it past, what, I say that the, the Guardians or whatever were going to knock the Yankees out? Well, I was trying to remember. Goals. I thought you said it was like Yankees-Padres, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Actually, so it could still come true for you. I said Dodgers Astros, so yeah, Dodgers, Dodgers are, are out. Man, that's the, I mean, I've been shocked by the Padres, but really, it's the competition, and we're getting past the sports. For all those that are waiting for the moment, don't worry, it's, it's coming tapping. up here. Um, it's it's really the battle of who you hate less. Like right now, there's the haters of like Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. People like love to hate that guy on the Phillies or Juan Soto. So it's like, who do you, like, who is more arrogant and who do you hate less to root for? So, like, if you had to root for one, who do you go? Didn't Soto have, like, an epic bat flip that was just so much in your face? Yeah, wasn't it against the Astros in the World Series member when he was with the Nationals and he won and then... I got to root for him. What? (laughs) Weren't you a pretend Astros fan? Oh, I grew up as a real Astros fan. Grew up? Oh, so you grew out of it. That's what you're saying. You I moved grew to up Dallas. and grew out. Okay. You're n- name <laughs> five people on the Rangers right now. Uh, actually, I probably could have <laughs> before the season ended. 
but now he can't. No, I can't remember him anymore. Yeah, I don't. I, I bet you. Could. It's impossible to watch the Rangers with the current situation with Valley Sports. That's that's that, what I'm hiding behind. That that is true. And then last but not, not that least, I would anyway if I could. But also Mavs, what the heck? Game you, you watch the opener? No, I didn't watch it. I heard that they lost. But they, they were like blew up. a big lead. Yeah, yeah. they're up against the Suns and then blew this big, big lead. Yeah, didn't play defense. Stuff I mean, out, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. You would say that. All right, yeah, Luca. Back into the sacraments. We're jumping in here. Uh, <laughs> we got confession today. Yes. So, time for us Favorite. to do a general absolution of things over the airwaves. Only those listening live. Yeah. Get the. Grace. I mean, doesn't it work? Like that? No. <laughs> so we've Joey's talked causing so far. Scandal. So we've talked so far about baptism, confirmation, first communion, uh, Holy Eucharist, and today we jump into the sacrament of confession, reconciliation, penance. Um, however, you were taught it. Uh, you want to start us off? What what words of knowledge or wisdom do you have regarding this sacrament, or what would you mm. like to uh, share? Yeah, I've actually, I've got a ton to say on this because this is something that like requires a lot of, I guess, user input. (laughs) Like it's not like, okay, so, so I'll I'll start with two things. Um, First, I don't know if people fully understand this, but when you come and make a confession and you have prepared, uh, so, you know, you need to prepare, um, and you have confessed everything that you can think of uh, that is a grave sin and needs to be confessed. Um, we'll get into all that in a minute. God forgives you of everything. Like even if you forgot something, as long as you weren't hiding it, he forgives you of everything. There's no like halfway in confession. It is, I, I went and talked to first graders the other day, believe it or not. It was a train wreck. I, I don't, don't know. believe it. <laughs> it was in California. It's a long story. Um, but... <laughs> I couldn't find any first graders in the DFW area, yeah, so I had to, to travel to California. I to go visit the, the Marian Sisters of Santa Rosa. <laughs> and my former directee, who's a parishioner, former parishioner from St. Anne, is now a sister there, and she teaches first graders. So I went to her class, explained all the vestments, and when I put on the alp, it's this white, white uh, vestment that you wear underneath everything. Um, I was trying to explain to the first graders what does it symbolize um, and saying like, this is, this is you being washed clean in your baptism. And, uh, later on, cause they don't have reason yet and can't sin, uh, later on in confession, like washed clean. And so my point is when you go to confession and you prepare for it and you like, don't hide anything that you know is serious. Um, God forgives you of everything. He washes you clean completely. Right. Even if you did forget something and it comes up later. Um, like there's a there's another part to it where you, you want to make a note of it and bring it up next time you go to confession. Right. Because that helps it sort of come out of the, the kind of hidden depths and God's healing to work more on it in the light. But like you're forgiven of it. Mm-hmm. That's an incredible thing. It's not just what you say. It's also the things that you can't remember. Right. Like that's how sort of deep the mercy goes. And... So there's an act of faith that we make when we go to confession, yeah, uh, believing that even if I don't like do this perfectly, as long as I have good intention, 
um, God really does forgive me of everything. Right. Which you bring up uh, things that I feel like are number one, the most important. So many people go to the sacrament and I, I feel haven't really examined their conscience and aren't really prepared yeah. to truly be remorseful or I don't know. You get all different ones. I'm sure you get extra remorseful, very humble people. You get some that like, Oh, not a big deal. Just going to go in there, you know, forgive yeah. that. You know, I'm no, no, you, you do. You, you get, g- you get people who, yeah. who sometimes will come in and be like, I basically a good person. Yeah. Not a big did, deal. Didn't, didn't did really do anything wrong. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and like with that, you have to, you know, you have to confess something. Right. <laughs> also. Yeah. yeah. If you're struggling, which I would say in, how do I put this? Okay. Identify somebody who's not, say they're not in entrenched in mortal sin. Right. Yeah. And there's nothing, they're like, ah, yeah, could have been a better person or this or that. Right. Like it just, I have felt <clears throat> in that moment for me. Like it is so crucial for me to print out and look at a really good examination Mm. and say like, no, where have I failed loving, you know, my wife in this way, being respectful towards my kids, you know, like have I given full generosity to the church in like, you know, in my tithe, in my money, in these things, you know, like whatever the case is, um, how have I been attentive to my prayer life and all these things, like something that's really going to challenge you. Don't get the one that is just like, you know, okay, have I murdered anyone? No. Have I done that? You know know what I mean? I feel like a lot of people that are like, well, I don't know. I just, you know, I'm not doing any of the big things. It's like, yeah, there's so much more to it. Yeah. Scripture says the just man falls seven times a day. Like, and scripture also says that, you know, Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. It makes it really clear that like we are sinners. Even those... Who are, like, who gets to be called the just man? Like, <laughs> none right. of us really, do any of us really deserve to be called that? Right. Even if we're trying in our spiritual life. And they're still sinners, so. Yeah, you know. and if they're sinners, then, like, definitely all of us Over are. under on 21. <laughs> so, if you, so if you can't, um, so if you can't think of anything, like, that's a call to go deeper. Right. That's, that's maybe a, a little wake-up call of, like, well, you know, have I been really taking my spiritual life that seriously or do I just kind of go on autopilot? Right. Um, do I think of the way I act in normal life in relation to God? Yeah. Um, do I think of myself as like called to be better and to act in a way which is higher? Yeah. Like not just not just not hurting people, but actually growing in virtue and doing things that build up. Right. Like living according to the Beatitudes. So there's a there's a, a bunch of good uh, examinations of conscience. The thing that Joey was talking about, like print out or look at it and actually do preparation with something that will jog your memory. The one I really like is from the Fathers of Mercy, and mm. it's free on their website. It's very detailed, and it's not meant to be like a checklist so much as like an opportunity to jog your memory. Yeah. I've got terrible memory for anything but like ancient languages. So 
Um, I was going to say, <laughs> wait, don't you know like 11 languages? <laughs> yeah, like the languages I can yeah, get. Yeah, I mean, but, I know the language, but... But like, I don't even know what I did yesterday. Like, mm. I've got terrible memory when you it comes to... to first time. graders in <laughs> yeah. California. There you go. Yeah, that was Monday, whenever that was. There you go. <laughs> um, but, or Tuesday, actually. I think it's oh Tuesday. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I've got terrible memory for when things happened. And so, like, even when I pre- prepare for confession, it's... And priests go to confession. Like, everybody goes to confession. That's a thing. Yeah. Um, I try and go once every two weeks. Uh, nice. Yeah. Um, but even when I prepare, like, there's there's moments of, like, what have I been doing <laughs> this last two weeks? Right. Like, like you, have to, you have to think about it for a while. Mm-hmm. And so if if you are intimidated by the prospect of doing that, then it's an opportunity to, to make a resolution to be like, okay, I'll examine my conscience more regularly. Yeah. Not like once every six months, but like once a day. Yeah. And just be like, how have I said yes to God's grace? And where did I say no to God's grace? And like this developing this habit of, of seeing your actions uh, mm-hmm. in light of your relationship to God and your call to be a disciple of Jesus. Awesome. Well, let's jump into the right and uh, mm. everything that goes on, and you can add some tidbits throughout it. So mm. somebody's going to prepare in a uh, very intentional way. They're going to come in. They're going to make the sign of the cross, and they're going to say, Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been, I don't know, two weeks since my last confession. What is the importance of naming that amount of time for the priest in the confessional. Yeah. Uh, it really helps me to have context. Um, so knowing that you just went to confession last week versus it's been 15 years, like really changes the kind of advice I'll give the way I interpret, um, Mm. the, the sins that you're confessing, the sort of penance I'll give. Um, and, Okay, so there's an image of a priest, which I actually really like. There's there's a couple sort of overlapping images for what the priest is supposed to do in the confessional. Right. Uh, the The most important one is to imitate the uh, father in, so the, the heavenly father, but in particular, the father of the prodigal son mm-hmm. in Luke chapter 15, who like the son's rehearsing his confession, all this stuff. He comes back. He can't even hardly get it out. The father's already embraced him and said like, my right. son was, was dead and now he's alive. We, we must rejoice. Like that's a really important image of what the priest should be doing. Uh, he's also in some way acting as a, a physician there, like trying to sort of diagnose so that you can prescribe. Right. <laughs> um, like what's going? What's a helpful penance or what's a helpful piece of advice mm-hmm. if someone is struggling with something consistently? Right. Um, but the image that I really like is actually the priest as judge, and I know that sounds really judgy, right? But but not not in that sense. Like it it really clarifies my role. Like I'm not there to prosecute a defendant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm there to receive the account. Like, like the person who goes to confession, they're the prosecutor. They're the ones who said, who say, like, I accuse myself of these things mm-hmm. and bring that sort of before. And the judge hears it, evaluates it, and sort of, <laughs> sounds ominous, but like passes a sentence. 
Yeah. And that sentence is God's mercy, by the right. way. That's why it's not ominous. Um, and yeah, I, I like that because, because it makes it really clear. Like it's not my job as the priest to sort of drag a confession out of someone. Mm-hmm. Um, that's makes it all the more important for, for people to prepare well themselves right. to make a good confession themselves. But so hearing, you know, it's been two weeks or it's been a month or it's been four months that helps me in that sort of role as, as judge in the confessional, yeah. um, to be able to evaluate things accurately. Right. That's yeah. Awesome. Love it. So you come in, uh, sign of the cross, bless me, father, for I've sinned. It's been a month. It's been two weeks. It's been a year. Um, and then they go into, uh, naming their sins by yeah. amount of sins. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and all of it, everything they can think of. Um, right. Like a good confession, kind of. right. Without stories, without, uh, you know, um, detail, uh, because it's also not spiritual direction. Yeah. So let's uh let's talk about like what the confession looks like. Now that you've evaluated your or made a made a good examination of conscience and maybe even taken some notes because people's minds just go blank as soon as they go into confessional, even right. if they did prepare. They go in there and they're like, Oh, I can't think of what to say. I was mean to my dog. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, That's what I say. Yeah. I don't have a dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the things that you absolutely need to confess are any mortal sins. Mm -hmm. Uh, so anything that has grave matter, and I know it sounds kind of subjective, like, you know, what is grave matter? Where's the list? Show me the list and then I'll, I'll know. Like, that's not really the way this works it's more like what is what is something that's serious like you do have to make an evaluation of it Mm -hmm. um and some things are objectively grave right um and other things like might be grave by the circumstances so um an an easy just sort of first pass over that is like is this serious like i told a lie but was it a serious lie is it something that that really caused harm um or that that like I I said something about someone else that was true, but mm-hmm. that didn't need to be said. That's right. called detraction. It's a species right. of gossip. Yeah. Um, what kind of harm did it do to their reputation? Like right. that's the sort of evaluation of like, was this, was this really serious? Could this yeah. have been a mortal sin? Um, so you have to confess all the mortal sins. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said at the beginning, like, if there's something from your, your past life, say you're coming back to confession for the first time and it's been 20 years, mm-hmm. like if you if you forget something, that's okay. Right. Um, like it really is. And if the Lord wants it to be brought to the light, he'll bring it to the light. Sometimes, often, as soon as you walk out mm-hmm. of the confessional, you'll start to remember all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but like it, it's not about perfection. It's about the quality of the will. Like, am I really sorry for all these things to the point where I'm not going to hide anything just because I'm embarrassed about it? Right. Um, so that's that's the one side. You you have to you have to confess the the kind of sins. Mm-hmm. So I sinned in in these ways. You're also supposed to confess mortal sins in number. 
Yeah. Um, but if you're talking about something that's like up in the thousands or just like, then, you know, a range yeah. is, is helpful. Um, it doesn't have to, you don't have to get an exact count. You don't have to like really freak out about, am I miscounting? And is that going to invalidate the confession? Right. Like, right. There's a difference between if somebody, and I, I'm not saying stealing a candy bar is a mortal sin, but what I'm saying is there's a difference between I stole a candy bar and I steal things from stores every day. Right. Yeah. You, you know, that type, yeah. that's the distinction we're talking yeah. about here. Exactly. So. Yeah. Is this, is this something that's frequent, something that's occasional, something that's habitual right. or something that was truly one time. Right. Like you have to confess it. No matter. And that's, that's true of uh, like missing mass. Um, yeah. Sometimes people who, who don't really practice their faith that much will come and they'll, they'll confess missing mass. Um, or I'll ask it as a question cause I can kind of tell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll say, well, what about, what about church? Have you been to church every Sunday? And they'll be like, well, no, but I pretty much go all the time. Um, it's like, well, okay. But the, the church has a pretty strict obligation right uh under pain of sin um which means like if you if you intentionally skip mass on a day of obligation like that is a mortal sin right and you have to confess that mm-hmm. um so it's not just about like well i mean we're trending upwards <laughs> like like for the most part 3 out of 4 yeah, it's good enough yeah, yeah. doing doing pretty good <laughs> i'm batting um, 750 like those kind of things you you do you have to you have to bring that to confession and um, that also gives you an opportunity. If you don't understand why it's that big a deal, mm-hmm. then it gives you an opportunity to to learn. Yeah. Um, now that being said, then there's another type of sin which is less serious. All sin is serious, but it's venial sin. Right. Um, and you don't have to confess all your venial sins. In fact, you probably shouldn't because we would <laughs> be there, be there a long the time. Day. Yeah. If you're being completely honest. Mm-hmm. Um, would be there a pretty long time. So, so any personal those, recommendation on that though of like, yeah. oh, these are ones that I feel like are the the way I've personally handled is these are ones that to me could easily lead to something greater, right? Yeah. Like, so I'm kind of like, I, I want to nip this, you know, like I want to take care of this. And so that's a, I'm going to say this. That's a great way to look at it. Yeah. I would say that. I would say anything that uh, sort of, we, we've all got kind of a fundamental um, weakness. I'm trying to think of the, the way uh, I think like a prevalent tendency towards particular sins. Mm-hmm. Just You can think of it as like a weakness in a particular virtue, like like temperance or um, or fortitude. Like some people are, are just not courageous. Right. And so they're going to find themselves like lying to get out of situations because they feel like they're in trouble or something. So yep. if you have a, a sort of predominant fault like mm-hmm. that, um, the the venial sins, the actions connected with that um, can be helpful to to confess, even if they're not mortal, um, because it's it's continuing to sort of like bring that predominant. Fault. Like, I know I tend to fall in this way. Um, right. And so bring that up. Sometimes people get frustrated because it feels like they confess the same thing over and over. Mm-hmm. I tend to tell them that's a good thing. Right. That's a lot better than if it's just like totally random all the time. Yeah. Like how I'm going to transgress God's commandments. Like, yeah, who, who knows? Let's, it's right. a new day. Um, but yeah. So, and if there is anything sort of 
out of the ordinary as well with venial sins. Like, right. like I never used to struggle with lying or with cursing or something like that. And now all of a sudden I find myself doing it. Um, then like, yeah, nip it in the bud. Uh, those are good venial sins to confess. Right. Now l- let me, uh, of course my role, let me play devil's advocate for a minute and ask a question that you're probably not going to answer. But, um, if I understand this correctly, why I see you drink a 25 pound, uh, water bottle that it's ridiculous. Okay. Anyway, um, Obviously, besides the fact that one of the precepts of the church is we go to confession once a year. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What about the person who says, yeah, but haven't I read that the Eucharist removes venial sin? Mm. And so, therefore, I know I'm not immortal. Why do I really need to go? I also know that you are not immortal. <laughs> immortal. Jersey accent. There you go. Um, no, that's a good question. So there, I mean, God forgives our sins in a lot of ways. Um, and the sacraments are one of those ways. So the sacrament of the Eucharist Mm -hmm. is one of those ways. Um, but also like just genuine acts of, of like faith, hope, and love. I don't know. Anytime that we draw close to God, like he's, he's reconciling us to him. Anytime that we say, I'm sorry, like he's working in that way. And so it's not just limited to the confessional. So, so the question is like, what is the unique value of the confessional outside of forgiveness of mortal sins, which is what the church says? Like that's specifically what it's for. Right. Um, I think it's to form a habit of sensitivity, um, towards your relationship with God. Like it keeps you accountable in a way, having a regular habit of confession, like say once a month or once every two months, something like that keeps you accountable because you know that you have to prepare for it. And so you start like examining your life more often. Yeah. Um, the graces of the, like it is a sacrament. And every time you receive a sacrament, you are like, entering into this deep union. Every time you receive it with faith, yeah. you're entering into this deep union with Christ. Mm-hmm. And so with with the whole Trinity, like th- it's an occasion to receive a bunch of grace. Yeah. Um, I tend to think of it as like, kind of like a, like a steady course of medicine or a steady course of exercise or something, something that takes a long time to show results. Mm -hmm. Um, but that is part of like a, a healthy, (laughs) just well-balanced life or well-balanced training regimen that like it will show results. Yeah. Um, like drinking enough water every day. I knew I was waiting for it to go this direction and it has happened and it it has. So that's been my experience. Like we were, we were told during seminary, like it's good to form a habit of regular confession, right? It doesn't need to be this like huge thing every time. Yeah. Um, but like there's a lot of grace to be had in the sacrament. There's a lot of good to be had from, having to examine your conscience and then humble yourself to actually say these things out loud. And that's what I was going to say. There's something too about it in our world in society right now, especially 
coming forward with humility and saying, I was wrong in this way. But also the one thing too, that we always talk with teenagers and children about is the beauty in our Catholic faith to actually hear the words you're forgiven too. Like the power that comes with that to say, no, like it's not, do I have to wonder, you know, like, yes, it's every teen who says, can I just tell God in my bedroom? I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Like, you know, do a daily examine. Right. But I get to hear (laughs) you're forgiven, Joey. Right. Mm -hmm. Go. So getting to that absolution part. So they've named it right in kind and in numbers and all of that. Um, now comes where we get a lot of the questions, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, so some priests make me say the act of contrition. Some say, say it outside. Some have said it before in the line. Uh, some say just, mm-hmm. I absolve you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Some say, pray the full prayer, um, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I, I hope it, they pray the full prayer. Right, I hope they pray the <laughs> full prayer. But th- right. that would be a first qu- question is... Um, yeah, can you talk a little bit about validity when it comes to a few of those things? So let's go act of contrition first. If you don't say the act of contrition in the confessional, valid, invalid? Valid. Um, you have to be contrite. Right. Uh, the act of contrition is just an external, like, like, it's basically saying, I'm sorry and I'm going to try not to do this again. Right. Which I, th- I think is sometimes something people forget about. Right, right. Like I'm good now. Okay. Like you, you actually know, yeah. have to try not to do this again. Um, and it, it's not just like go to the car wash, uh, but it's, it's going to rain and the car will get muddy. Right. Like it's, it's <laughs> yeah. Like I, I really, I'm really sorry for this. And that means I'm not going to do it again. Right. Um, I think this is really serious and I don't want to do anything that would, that would put an obstacle between me and and receiving God's divine love, right? Like, um, so the act of contrition is a formalized way of saying that out loud, right? Um, I always have people say the act of contrition um, in the confessional. It's not necessary for validity, um, but I think it's a it's a helpful part of the rite. And very often, if someone doesn't know it. Uh, that was get nervous. Like, first of all, you can you can make it up. That's okay. Right. You don't. It's it's not so important that you like remember this prayer that you learned when you were a kid or something like that. Um, although they are good prayers, like you can make it up, or you can just say like the really short Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the Living God, have mercy on me for I am a sinner. Like mm-hmm. that's really short. Right. Um, that's the one I'll have people repeat with me if they can't remember it. Um, but. You can also just, just like pray your own prayer, um, and say like, Lord, I'm really sorry for this, and I ask for your grace never to do these things again, right. never to put myself in an occasion where I might be tempted mm-hmm. to do this again. Um, thank you for your your love and your forgiveness. Yeah. So like that could be an act of contrition. Right. So okay, but even if a priest has you do it outside or doesn't seem to care whether you do it or not, like, um, it's still valid. Right. Uh, so but now comes absolution. Yeah. Now comes and you're, absolution. You're saying if you just say, I absolve you from your sins in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Because I'm just going to be, I'm going to be transparent. I've had priests, yeah. I've had priests do that. 
that's, so that's the essential formula of absolution, and that is valid. But that's a little bit like taking bread and wine and saying, "This is my body. This is my blood." Like it's like, like a concelebrant yeah. saying the right words. <laughs> Let's not go back. I don't want to go back to concelebration talk anytime soon i'm gonna find a priest who's with me on this and come to anyway go i do realize to to revisit that that discussion just briefly i do realize that i thought i saw something where you were playing both sides of the issue and then said like an extremely confusing statement where i just contradicted myself in the midst of it as i was accusing you of doing that it was a disaster i'm over dumb brain by the way i love it all the water's helping there you go um yeah so so, like, I think that's valid. The priest is not supposed to do that. Okay. Um, so, they're supposed to pray the full prayer out loud? Yeah. Or does it matter out uh, loud or it not? It doesn't matter out loud. Because that's the part you don't know. Maybe they're saying it. Yeah. And just there's being a, like, and I absolve you. There's you an know, older like, tradition of of praying the prayer in silence except for that part. Um, hmm. And, like, the priest is praying his in silence while the penitent is praying the act of contrition sort ah, of in silence. Got it. And then... Uh, but I don't know. I'd like to save time. Like why? I think that, I think that works when you're in a, a really Catholic culture where everybody's on the same page, but that is just not my experience in the confessional. Like, right. like it's, it's the wild west, uh, right. both on the penitent side. And it sounds like from a penitent's perspective on the priest side as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like you don't know what you're going to get. So I just prefer everything's out loud. Uh, right. that's not, yeah, it's, and the priest is supposed to, like, definitely under, I would say under under pain of sin. I hope I'm not overstepping my bounds. But, like, like you're messing with the sacrament. Right. Uh, you have to say the whole thing. Right. God the Father of mercies through death and resurrection of his son, et cetera. Um, just, just finish it and just, we can yeah, absolve Just absolve me. everybody. <laughs> yeah. so, it's not magic. Right, like exactly. And, um. And then Confession. the last part I want to talk about before we, we go, and we've mentioned this before in other podcasts, but um, yeah, you do have to actually go and do your penance. Otherwise, you have to confess that yeah. your next time, right? So usually yeah. there is a, no, there is a penance given, um, um, but a few nuances with it from what I understand. You could ask for a different one. Yeah. Um, and uh, yes, you do have to go do that act of penance, right? It's like you making things right. <laughs> yeah, not a recommendation. <laughs> right. Not like, that's, hey, you should really try doing this, right? Like, no, you need to go do this. That's and part of like the, the sort of uh, courtroom image. Like, like it's not, it's not do this and then God forgives you. Right. Or do this and God will see it and be pleased and forgive you. It's, it's like, do this because you're sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a sign of you being sorry, trying right. to make some reparation, even if it's just by saying a few simple prayers. Yeah. Um, God's forgiveness is not dependent on the penance. So if you forget it um, unintentionally, then you are still forgiven. But if you walk out of there thinking, I'm not going to do that. Like five rosaries. What? I'm. I'm going to say that I think that you have invalidated that confession by not really being contrite. Mm. Like if you're, if you're just straight up, nah, not interested. Um, you can't ask for a different penance. So if it right. seems too vague uh, or too difficult to achieve, sometimes priests will get creative with their penances. And it's a good idea to like have a penance, which is useful for the person. Yeah. 
But sometimes those can be really hard to fulfill or they can be like, you know, buy a book and then read it and then share it with somebody like that's a that's right. a long process yeah. that. Like I had one you in might college, start questioning. Yeah. yeah, I had one in college who had me like journal for 30 days. And at the time, yeah. if I knew this, I would have been like, eh, let's can I have some like our fathers. And yeah. Hands? Can we get some rosaries going here? Um, no, yeah. but, um, and there's so much to it, right? Um, we could, um, there's so many topics within this that people write in and ask about, about what about the priests who end up going to prison? Cause they won't share about, you know, like that, yeah. like there's so many nuances within the sacrament. And so we, we're not going to be able to get into all of them. Right. One thing just want to hit real quick is the question of spear deer. No. Um, I often hear in a pastoral ministry job, like youth ministry, I hear on both sides of somebody who, you know, is really wanting to go somebody who was, um, maybe it's their first time back in a while. Um, you know, and it's like, you hear that analogy of, the prodigal son and just Mm -hmm. like that running to, and like, let me forgive you. Um, but also knowing the priest is human, right. And there's some just people that have been put off by things, you know, that, uh, either were said or uh, disposition, um, whether that's their body disposition, anything, right. You know, within the confessional. And so I've been grumpy before. Right. And so, could you just, I don't know, as an ending point, speak to that who somebody's had a ne- negative experience and lets that dictate, well, that's why I don't need to go, you know? Um, I think yeah. that's a good point to finish on of the encouragement why. Yeah, so the most formative thing I've done as a priest is hear confessions. Um, and, like, it's it's one of the best parts about being a priest. Um, I didn't realize before... I started hearing confessions, how priests felt in the confessional. Um, and most of the time, the way the priest feels, especially when it comes to like someone making a really difficult confession is that you're rooting for them because you want like, you want them to just get all of that off of their heart Mm. and be reconciled with God and experience all the fruits of the spirit, the peace, the joy and the freedom that come from, like being in friendship with God. Like, right. so the priest is rooting for that. Um, the priest is, is human. I'm very human and he might be distracted um, or he might be irritable or he might have like had way too much water to drink right before. Yeah. And like really have to go to the bathroom and is wondering how long the line is like, <laughs> like just right. really human stuff that, you know, that's how God works. He works through like, all too human instruments. Um, Mm. And he chose to do it this way. So it doesn't lessen the efficacy of God's mercy, but like, I guess what I want to say with that is, um, I, I understand one of the really formative things for me about hearing all these confessions and having to grapple with just like my own humanity in there. Like, my back hurts because it's been two and a half hours and this is the third time this week we've had confessions run over time. And so I'm starting to feel impatient. Like, like that kind of thing makes you as a priest, it gives you an opportunity to dig deeper and to be like, and this is how I lay down my life so that they might live. Um, 
So so yeah. so I want to apologize first if anyone has been been kind of received some impatience or something that that might have like rubbed them the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, first, I want to apologize because I I might have done that too. Um, I'm not just talking about like some bad priest out there or something. Like I'm trying, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm human, and so I I might have I might have done that even with someone listening. Um, but, but I also want to say like, yeah, um, pray not only that, like you can forgive them, but pray that they can be better, that they can like use, use that opportunity to, Mm. to grow in sanctity because that's, that's the ordinary means. If I can say that of like the priest growing in sanctity is by, right by coming up against shortcomings in his own nature, imperfections of character and mm-hmm. uh, impatience or selfishness or whatever, uh, coming up against those and then making that act of love uh, to die to be able to serve the people. Like yeah. That's his path of sanctification. That's his cross. Uh, it's very similar to the cross of a married person mm-hmm. uh, who like, you know, like you, you know, the, the other person so well. Yeah. And then they do that, that thing that irritates you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tell me, yeah, tell me, let more. me, let me, let yeah, me I can me see you analogy. just like, please. <laughs> yeah. Tell me what it's like. It's like what I try it's to interpersonal. You know, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's interpersonal stuff. So like, man, and that's why I wish yeah. we like let priests do more of the things that like they were ordained to do like so much of their day is filled with like administrative stuff that it's like, I don't want them to be upset at hearing confessions every day because this is what they signed up for. And this is the life giving part. You know what I mean? It really Um, is. It's, it's the part where you can be challenged the most to, to die, but it's also for that reason, the most life giving part. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just say as a priest, like sometimes you're running from one thing to another Mm. and uh, that's been a learning experience for me that that's that's always a mistake like that's when you set yourself up to be to be impatient or distracted um and not fully in into the thing and so like yeah so like it's important for a priest to to make space to pray to prepare for the sacrament he's about to celebrate i love it mm. hey go drink some more water yeah <laughs> Stay tuned for Confession Part 2 and Part 3. Coming no, up no. <laughs> Sub-series <laughs> Confessions, right? No. And also, if you haven't gone, go. St. Yeah. Hans has tons of time. Go. So yeah. go to Confession. Just don't walk, run. Run to Confession. Run. Sound good? On Sounds behalf of Joey Scansella, uh, Father Paul Bechter, we want to say take care. God bless. <laughs>